episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast. I am your host, Casey, as always. Boy, we had a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, locally around my neck of the woods here in eastern PA. The World of Outlaws were in town for three days. And uh, a lot of other stuff going around across the board locally, like I said. Not a lot of weather playing a factor for once. So, uh... Let's get to it. Let's start with a couple of uh, news items. I did want to touch on Robert Bell, the Colfax Comet, as many of you know, has been around USAC for quite some time. Always rolls in on his open trailer, most of the times just by himself. Um, Not very well-funded team, but he definitely makes it worth his while. Uh, Just races this thing for fun and uh finally got his first win wednesday night at uh oscaloosa hats off to him uh monkey off his back i guess you can say uh his his luck usually runs out pretty quick but uh he did manage to pick up the win at oscaloosa so hats off to robert bell at colfax comet jason sides was not in attendance this week with the outlaws at Lincoln and Williams Grove. Unfortunately, it looks like his hauler got ran into uh, on the way to Pennsylvania. Did some pretty uh, pretty good damage to the hauler. So I hope that we uh, eventually see him back soon. Hopefully he gets his, uh, his rig repaired. And Justin Peck did run the outlaw show on Wednesday. Yes, he is still running all-stars for points. He was in the Shawn Michael Chris Dyson owned number 20 at Lincoln for the Gettysburg Clash. But as far as news goes, that's really all I have. Let's get on to our results. Like I said, a lot of stuff went on. Tuesday, Short Track Super Series had the Battle of the Bullring 8 at Accord Speedway in New York. That win went to Anthony Perego, which was kind of cool. I believe the payout was for first was 5000 $440. The double four there is a, a little tribute to Anthony's dad who passed away not so long ago, Tom. And Anthony, of course, was fortunate enough to pick up the victory. That's pretty cool. And the 602 crates, after the uh, the telecast went off, the winner was Craig Crooker. But uh, come to find out the next morning, Craig Crooker was DQ'd. I believe an illegal carb spacer on the uh, on the crate machine for Crooker. I know that this was introduced for Short Track Super Series last October at Port Royal. I know it was a big issue then, um, so I'm not sure 100% there, but that's what I believe happened. So the win ended up going to Joey Burning, who uh, crossed home in second. But congrats to those guys on the wins. Wednesday. So, Brownstown Speedway, Indiana, had the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America. I believe this is round three of ten. And Kyle Larson was in the house. Kyle Larson was quick time, heat winner, and feature winner. It looked for a minute there that Tanner English was going to catch him. Uh, Tanner English was fast. I believe started at eighth and worked his way up to second pretty uh pretty well there and I don't know I believe it was a restart 
Larson just took off and did not allow him to uh, to get back in in range. Uh, Wednesday, the, the Outlaws were at Lincoln for the Gettysburg Clash. So, <laughs> Brent Marks had the lead late in this one. Danny Dietrich spun in turn four, but kept in the gas. Marks had to go around him. They did not throw the yellow. And in turn of that happening, three cars were able to get past Brent, uh, Brent Marks for the for the lead so the lead ended up going back to brad sweet and brent marks did get himself back up to second so the women again went to brad sweet and uh on to friday and saturday here the outlaws were at williams grove for the morgan cup and outlaw sweep all three days friday night carson macedo held off uh charging lance deweese for the win and the win last night at 15,000 went to A.A. Ron Aaron Wurzel. All-Stars Friday were at I-96 in Michigan for the Mace Thomas Classic. And the win went to Tyler Courtney, his first winged for a 10 win, his first All-Star win. We knew it was coming just a matter of when. And Saturday they were at the Dirt Oval at Route 66 right outside Chicagoland Speedway in Illinois. Another first-time uh, All-Star winner, Kyle Reinhardt, picked up the win. Lucas Oil Late Models, they did have two events scheduled. They were supposed to be at 411 Motor Speedway in Tennessee on Friday, and they were supposed to be at Talladega Short Track in Alabama on Saturday. Those were canceled earlier in the week due to the fuel shortage um, that is going on or was going on down in the southeast. Unfortunately, they were concerned about a lot of people traveling uh, quite a far distance to get there. So they did not want to run into any issues. People, uh, I guess, got stranded. Uh, USAC Midgets were supposed to be at the Sweet Springs Motorsports Complex in Missouri for a two-day show Friday and Saturday. Those were postponed earlier in the week due to the projected forecast that did not look good. The Ultimate Super Late Model Series... Uh, at a two-day show, and I think they uh, benefited a little bit car count-wise from the Lucas Oil show getting canceled. So Friday, they had the Road to Jamaica at Natural Bridge Speedway in Virginia. And then Saturday, they had the King of the Commonwealth for 20 grand to win at Virginia Motor Speedway. And both those shows were won by Big Sexy Brandon Overton. The Mars Racing Series, uh, out towards... The Midwest and the Illinois area specifically had a two-day show, one at Farmer City on Friday and Fairbury on Saturday. Friday's show went to Brandon Shepard in his B5, and Saturday's win went to Tanner English. Lucas Oil MLRA Series had two shows in Iowa on Friday and Saturday. Friday at Davenport Speedway, Ricky Thornton Jr. picking up the win. And last night's show at West Liberty got rained out. So on our local stuff, Friday, uh, Big Diamond finally got a show in. Five-division show was a long night, but we went, got through it. Modified victory for Money in the Mountains, 40-lapper went to Alex Jankowski. ARDC Midget's first show back, Sean Jackson with the win. Open Sportsman went to Brandon Egger. 602 Crate victory went to... Uh, former New Egypt regular Eric Palmer, who is now running with us on Fridays. 
and Roadrunners Alex Schofstall back in victory lane. Penn Can modified win went to Kevin Hartnett. Georgetown, JoJo Watson picked up the win. A couple of scary moments down there. Uh, I saw Brandon Hightower's car was destroyed on the front stretch. Uh, Ryan Godown's into the back stretch. Something happened with John Willman. Uh, so glad to see all those guys are okay. Uh, Bedford hosted the USAC East Coast 360 series with the win going to Briggs Danner. And then uh, some New York tracks also ran all modifieds here for you guys. Uh, Danny Creeden picked up the win at Accord. Nick Nye at Afton. Mark the White Knight or Dark Knight Johnson won at Albany, Saratoga. Eric Rudolph at Ransomville. Utica Rome reopened uh, the grand reopening under the, the Brett Deo management. Um, Stu <laughs> Stuart Friesen lapped up to second place. The only car he did not lap was Matt Shepard in second at Utica Rome. Uh, Danny Johnson picked up the win at Outlaw. Tim Fuller at Can-Am. And Billy Decker stole one from Lightning Larry at Brewerton. On to Saturday. Uh, Grandview, uh, Craig Von Dorn won the modified feature. Logan and Bauman, maybe less than 10 starts, and a sportsman picked up the win in the sportsman division. And USAC East Coast was in there as well. Briggs Danner, again, back-to-back -back wins. Bridgeport. Ryan Godown picked up the victory. Guess he was all right from the wreck the night before. Simi March Jr. picked up a yet another win in the 602 crate division. New Egypt. Billy Pouch Jr. finally found victory lane once again. Justin Grasso picking up the win in the 602 crates. And Kevin Nagy again with the Mass 305s. I think he's won a couple this year so far too. US 13, otherwise known as Delaware International. Victory went to Jordan Watson. And uh, hats off to my buddy Logan Watt. Did run the big boy modified Friday and Saturday. Car was in one piece. Snuck in a top 10 at Georgetown Friday. And I believe came home 11th at US 13 last night. Lincoln and Port Royal were both off due to the outlaw show going on uh, at the Grove. So Sealand's Grove had a super late model 46er as they called it, with Matt Cosner picking up the victory, his first one at Sealands Grove. And our New York specials here, uh, John Leto picked up the small block win at Orange County. Yet again, Stuart Friesen with the win at Fonda. Thunder Mountain 358 Dirt Car Mods went to Rusty Smith. The Open Modified Division went to Eric Leet. Woodhall had the Patriot Sprint Tour with Chuck Hebing picking up the win. And Billy Van Pelt in the Modifieds. Tim Sears Jr. got the win in Fulton. Alum to the show, LJ Lombardo picking up the win at Lebanon Valley. And Nick Roshinsky in victory lane at 5 mile point. Eldora had the late model lid lifter with Hudson O'Neill crossing in first. Tyler Erb picked up the win at Richmond Raceway with the Southern All-Star Dirt Racing Series. So what's coming up this week and weekend? Some good stuff locally. So Outlaw Sprints Tuesday are at Bridgeport uh, for the first showing uh, with the Outlaws on the 4 tenths. Friday and Saturday, Outlaws Friday are at Attica for the Kistler Engines Classic and are at Sharon Speedway on Saturday. 
All-Stars have their Indiana Invasion, which is presented by the Race Routine Foundation. Thursday and Friday are at Circle City. Saturday, they're at Gas City, I-69. And Sunday, Kokomo Speedway. To cap off the, the four-day show, 26000 to win. Outlaw Late Models have the Huey Wilcoxon Memorial on Friday and Saturday at Port Royal. That's where I will be on Saturday. Of course, Big Diamond on Friday. Uh, Lucas Oil Late Models have a Friday-Saturday show scheduled for Iowa. Friday at 300 Raceway for the Truck Country 50. And 34 Raceway on Saturday for the CRST, the Transportation Solution 50. And Tuesday, Short Track Super Series visits Outlaw up in New York for the Outlaw Showdown. That is all the results I have for you guys this week. As always, please smash that like button, share the podcast, promote, 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 right? That's what it comes down to. We're up over 325 likes uh, to the podcast on Facebook. Subscribe on your podcast platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, listening to it on Anchor, um, whichever floats your boat. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. If you have any suggestions for content, message us on Facebook or emails at the 4 wide salute podcast at gmail.com. Our guest this week, uh, <laughs> it's more of a... A comedy hour, I would say. Um, for those of you who know Mr. Orlando Hornblower on Facebook, he's a, a personality that just came into our lives not too long ago. Uh, and he represents 600 modified standout driver, Mr. Eric Whitby, uh, who is also known as part of the Lowdown and Dirty show for many years um, and is quite the entertaining one in himself. So when I called Mr. Whitby for this conversation i got orlando hornblower and uh we had to interview him first and then after a few minutes we do get eric would be on the phone and uh have a good chat about his season his career uh why 600 mods why 600 micro sprints and um what it's like getting wrecked by your kid on the same track you know we also we're shooting the shit about Kutztown and what to look forward to with the Action Track USA this year. So hope you guys all enjoy the show. And uh, next week, we'll see what we got. But it's going to be a good show either way. So hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, I'll catch you guys next week. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast, I have none other than Mr. Eric Whitby's attorney. Orlando Hornblower. What's going on, Mr. Hornblower? Orlando's doing good. My client got on Facebook jail today, but everything is good today. Good. Yeah, uh, Mr. Whitby hadn't been present on Facebook for quite some time. About and, uh, four months. Four months. That's incredible. I, I can't believe uh, Eric was reinstated after four months. Orlando worked a lot of lot of magic. Yeah. So how um how did Mr. Whitby find this Facebook attorney such as yourself? Orlando actually reached out to him. Interesting. 
Yeah. So, uh, did you previously know him? No, I just seen this case come up on a file, and I clicked on it, and there we were. Interesting. So, where did you go to law school? In Mexico. Oh. Yeah, above the dog track. <laughs> and anywhere near the donkey shows that go on in Tijuana? Oh, I don't mess with donkeys. No, Orlando don't like donkeys. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, uh, I think everyone was kind of caught off guard when Orlando Hornblower showed up on Facebook, starting to friend request all these people that were uh, affiliates to Mr. Whippy, and um, we're we're kind of caught off guard and surprised. Was there? Well, Orlando's theory. Orlando's theory is to get to know your client, you must know their friends. Ah. And he has quite a quite a wide variety of friends. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm taking it that by gathering all this information from friends, uh, it helped you resolve Mr. Whippy's case, right? Oh, definitely. Orlando works all the angles. Thinks outside of the box. So, um, so I did want to, I did want to ask you, um, was Orlando happened to be a, a wrestling fan of any sort? Cause Orlando speaks in the third person, uh, almost like the rock used to back in the day. Orlando used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, you know, all the Mexican wrestlers wore masks. So we always ran around with masks and beat each other with sticks and all that. So. So you were a Lucha Libre, I see, I see. Yes! You know, Orlando's also a well, a very well-known mariachi singer. <laughs> His brother Raul Ramirez, really good. Orlando's very proud of him. <laughs> so is, is Orlando currently still living in Mexico, or is Orlando now living in the States? I, Orlando is actually staying with Eric. Oh. Yes. Oh. I... Orlando had to be a puppy sitter, had to mow grass, all kinds of stuff. Oh, so in the course of Facebook jail, Eric was out of commission, period. Yes, yes. So then who drove Eric's race car? Orlando got him out on work release. So it was actually Eric Whitby running his car. Interesting. Interesting. That's some, that's some strings you pulled. So he could race his race car, but he couldn't cut his own grass. I like it. Yes. He, it, after the final checker flag, he only had two hours to get back to prison. Was there enough time for him to consume any PBRs? Orlando will not uh, disclose that information. Orlando pleads the fifth? Okay. <laughs> did, did Mr. Whitby pay you, Orlando, in PBR? I Orlando has drank a fair share of PBRs. That's good. That's good because I know Mr. Whippy's a, a big advocate for the PBR and glad he could uh spread the wealth your way. So did I, he pay did he pay you in dollars or pesos? He didn't Orlando did not get paid yet, but it, the transfer of the money is already in transaction, so good. Good. So uh, do you think uh your client Mr. Whippy is is ready to speak to the public now? Uh, oh, Orlando, we'll go check. Hold on. Okay.
Orlando Gold Guide, Eric. Hey, what's up, guys? Whippy, what's going on, man? Long time no see. Yeah, I'm free now. Prison, I'm a hardened criminal now. <laughs> so now, now you have a rap sheet. Yeah. yeah. I gotta wear this damn Facebook ankle bracelet, you know, so. <laughs> Interesting. I, I gotta tell you, Mr. Hornblow is a very uh, unique individual. Oh, he's a man of many, many talents. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you found a, a diamond in the rough there when, when uh, he contacted you about your case. But uh, yeah. good, good to see you're finally back free in the, in the Facebook world. Are you on probation? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> They're still watching me. <laughs> oh, I bet they are like a hawk. Yeah, so. Good. So uh, I did want to bring up something that, uh, you know, I seen happen to you or you were involved with in the past week was uh, your new puppy. Yeah. Um, I don't work release. Um, truck driver came in, came from Texas and had a dog on a Two foot leash tied to the back of back of his truck. I asked the guy if he was friendly, and he's like, "Yeah, do you want him?" Well, that was a no brainer. I said, "Yeah, I'll take him." So, so it was his dog. Yeah, it was his dog. You know, said the only reason he was out is because it shit in his truck. So, I'm like, "Well, you're not." A good owner, so I'm taking them. Wow, that's crazy. So, and I saw I saw someone on Facebook tied. They had your post or or Orlando's post possibly uh, in regards to it, and then someone else had posted it from a different perspective or whatever. And it was like a holy shit! Like here's one side, and then here's the other. This whole thing, and yeah, yeah, that was uh that's pretty cool. So how um. Is is Chassie still not in the same room with Racer? Oh no, I'm keeping them separated for about a week or two. Let them get used to the smell mm-hmm. of each other, and then I'll slowly introduce them. So, did you take? Um, did, I take it Chassie's been to the vet now. Uh, actually, he goes this Friday. Good. Well, I hope everything's on the up and up, and you know, you could find out some things and hope there's no yeah. underlying issues or anything like that. But that's that's pretty cool to see, you know. There's so many damn dogs. For how young he is and what he's been through, he is a very mellow dog. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh. I mean, there's so there's so many that you know, we can't we can't adopt them all kind of thing and Right. No, it's good. Good that uh nothing worse happened to the dog and now he's got a good home and a a, a felon for an owner, but <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Always a dog lover, so Well hey, something's gotta love you back, right? Yeah. You know, I I always said this if you put a woman and a dog in the trunk of a car <laughs> and leave them there for thirty minutes. Which one's going to be happy to see you? Yeah, when you open that trunk, <laughs> which one's going to be happy to see you? It's going to be the dog. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so uh, so how's your racing season been so far this year? I know you haven't ran a ton. Um, We're actually doing really good this year. Um, I mean, no major issues here or there. Just uh, 
we're consistent. We're running in the top top five mainly all year. You know, I just suck at redrawing. <laughs> well, I think you suck at drawing, period, let alone redrawing. Well, you know, it's the bingo ball basket that we draw from. So, we... Right. But... Yeah, and bingo never plays out in anyone's favor. So, yeah. I no, no. So, did you run both days at Bridgeport this past weekend? Yeah, Saturday we ran the big track, which I I went in with the game plan that I was going to run where no one was. I figured everyone would bottom feed because the track's big, mm-hmm. which in hot laps, I was the only one that ran up top. Well, then in the heat races, a couple people ventured up. Then in the feature, there were cars just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean- uh. If you've watched any footage from down there or been down there, I mean, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is down there, is there is no preferred line necessarily. You might have a no. lot of guys running the bottom or a lot of guys running the top, but there's there's like 18 lanes of traffic, and everyone's just everywhere. Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, for the 600 modifieds on the big track, that track is super wide. I mean... And the closing rate on cars when you come off that banking, the mm-hmm. closing rate on those cars and how you how you go by them is it's an adrenaline rush. I know when I came in from hot laps, there was a smile on my face because I was having a blast out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember uh, we talked to Buffalino after the first race down there last year, and he was saying, uh, I think it was turn two when you come off the high side onto the back stretch that it almost felt like you lifted like in your seat, like the car lifted off the ground, like you were floating. Yeah. Because you're coming basically back downhill and you know, not a lot of tracks are like that, but the difference in speeds, like 15, 20 mile an hour difference. Yes. So yeah, that place for a 600 modified, that was badass fast. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't take much. For a 600 modified, I mean, I know when you guys run diamond, you guys are basically wide open too. Yeah. So, but a, but a track like that with its banking the way it is, and it's it's interesting to say the least. And you know, a 600 modified, I still consider a small car, and I don't know that I've seen any other small. I mean, a speedster I've seen run on there, but that's wing. Right. It's a little different, but no, it's uh, it's different. Believe it or not, like. With a 600 modified, when we go to big tracks like, say, Bridgeport, Big Diamond, Grandview, mm-hmm. Lincoln, where we run out, and this year, Susky, right. or BAP, mm-hmm. you do lift a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's act- you got to use both feet, you know, right. drag the brake a little bit, maybe feather, feather back on the throttle a little bit, and then you're back in it again. Right. You know. So... Now, you just ran the big track on Saturday, and then you ran the quarter mile on Sunday. How much of a difference is that setup-wise? I mean, how much are you changing from day to day to get yourself prepared to now run, you know, a smaller track? Uh, usually when we run a bigger track, a little heavier on the, on the right side for springs, for coil springs. But um, other than that, like, a basic setup, if you've got a good basic setup, we may fine-tune it here and there, a little different. But other than that, it's basically all the same. Okay. 
So it's not a it's not a a huge amount of work you have to do from one day to the next. It's just a matter of a little tweaking here and there. Yeah, I mean, like we have our spring package that I like to run for small tracks, and we have a spring like a spring package for like bigger tracks. Okay. Um, but other than that, it's I mean, the six hundred mods there. It's a spec class, so it comes down to driver and setup. So right. I'm always tinkering with setups. You know, let's try something a little different here. Blah blah blah. And That's the only way to get ahead, really. Yeah. Well, and knock on wood, this year we've been pretty, pretty damn good so far. So I know that uh, there's been a lot of rain out so far in the last few weeks. Unfortunately, where else have you gotten a chance to run so far this year? Uh, we ran Linda Speedway a couple times. Uh, Hamlin, Hamlin Speedway up there by Hazelton, mm-hmm. and uh, Bridgeport actually. So where's next on your schedule? Uh, tomorrow night at Grandview Speedway. Oh, you're running the Friday night show with uh, the Outlaw Enduro Series. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, so. So is that your is that your first time back at Grandview since the uh, incident? No, actually, that Saturday night debacle when I got disqualified, we went back for a Sunday show, I believe it was. Okay. And I, I, I had redemption. I ended up in victory lane that time too. So. Well, and that's gotta feel really good considering. You know, we don't have to go into great detail of what took place, but right, you, know, you did win that night. We're in victory lane, and then got disqualified after the fact. But to be able to go in there the next time and pick up the win and it stick—I mean, that's the ultimate redemption, right? Yeah, you know, I I know when I got to tech, I got out of the car and I went down to my trailer. I was like, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Sit in the truck, lock the doors, don't talk. To you. <laughs> yep, pretty much so. <laughs> Sit on your you hands, close your eyes, do that you can. You know, so, they couldn't call me into the trailer to, to go into the Oval Office to get reprimanded if I wasn't there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They hey, they they can't arrest you if they can't find you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I did see that you have two different. Uh, numbered cars for this year what's what's going on with that and what are you running where and and you know what's for what um both cars are owned by kdh motorsports the horning family Mm -hmm. um the second car the newest one that they purchased over the winter it only has like five races on it and they, they put my old racing number on they said that's the 12e and that's going to be a different motor package than what's in the 88. This car has a Yamaha motor in. And that was mainly going to be for our big tracks. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, so almost like a like a big block type deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not, not a lot of 600 modified guys have multiple cars like that, right? No. I mean, there are a handful of people that have a couple cars. But uh, it's a, it's nice like if we have back to back races like say a Friday and Saturday, and say we wreck really bad on Friday night, we'll just bring out the other car. Right. So, 
Well, that's always good to have. And yeah, you know, so, I mean, I I can't thank the Hornings enough for the opportunity they give me. So, oh, there's some good people. Oh yeah, you know, I, did, I, I, did, I when I owned my own cars, like I always got along with them, but. I know they had some choice words for me, maybe here and there, but <laughs> I think everyone. But the run for them, I mean, they're great car owners. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't realize who they were until I was down at Granby that one Sunday, and uh, I saw those guys, and I'm like, "Oh, you're the guys that sit to the left of us at Granby every week." Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, that's you. Yeah, that's you. Okay. Yeah, and then you I said, why the hell do you have Eric Whippy racing your car? <laughs> it's exactly what I said. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense for them to have two cars for you. I mean, it's no secret. Eric Whippy and FSU. Yeah. Fuck shit up. Is, yeah. It, it's it's a given thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, been, you've been known to, to flip a car once or twice. Oh, yeah. You, know, you ain't going fast enough if you don't crash once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what's cool, like, like some of the races where I'm going to run the 12E car, my son's actually going to be racing the 88 car. So, oh, so he's getting back into it. He actually raced on Sunday in someone else's car, and uh, I think I was running third, and uh, he got a little rambunctious and dumped my ass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so interesting. So, how old's your kid now? Uh, twenty-eight, actually. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, he raced before. He former Linda Speedway champion. You know, so he knows his way around. I didn't know that he was a former champion. Yeah. Yeah, when he won the title, he didn't even have a feature win that year. That's funny. I was just talking to Gouler last night about that when he won the title at Grandview and didn't have a feature one. Yeah. You it's, know. it's not easy to do in in any level of racing, I don't think. It, it's No, not at all. It's no. super difficult. I mean, you know, I, for my side of things as a scorer and a handicapper, I mean, the point structure I built at Diamond that we've now been using for the last year and a half I built solely on rewarding guys for winning heats and features. So it's not as even throughout the field as far as points go. Right. But yeah, it's it's not easy to win a point title if you're not winning a race or, or even a couple races a season. Right. Well, it just shows that consistency pays off. Yeah. I mean, that's, You got to be there at the end of the race. You know, that's, so. that's the name of the game. It's not about how fast you can get to the lead. It's about when you get to the lead. Right. So, so I'm proud that he's getting back into racing again, you know, so. How long, how long has he been out? Uh, maybe four years, five years, maybe. So it's not too, too long. No. Um, so were you I mean, when, when, beforehand? What's that? Were you his car owner before? Yeah, he ran. We had two six R mods, and then we had. Uh, we still have our micro sprint, so. Okay, so it was a, a family type type deal. Yeah, pretty much so. Good. So is that kind of why? Because you took some time off too, right? Yeah. Um, after a micro sprint, 
I mean, the micro sprints, when I got into it, it was somewhat affordable yet. And then, and then just like that, the prices went skyrocketing. It was like, you know, I can't do this at the level I want to do it, you know, because I, I was going through some, some issues myself, you know, on the home front. So I was like, I'm just going to step back from it and, you know, enjoy it, you know, so. And then luckily I ran for a couple of guys. I ran for Rick Bates for a year with a 600 mod. And like a year and a half later, the Hornings called me to run their car. And I think we only made it a half a season the first year. And then we took a whole year off and then came back strong again. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to have someone, you know, without bugging them, offer you their ride. And you know, say, hey, come ride, come ride for us. But um, have you? So have you ever driven big cars on a competitive level, or you have you always been, you know, around the micro six hundred mod type thing? I've mainly been around the micros. I'm. I tested a six hundred two uh, sprint car out at New Egypt a couple times. You know, wing, that was a blast. But one of, one at the, the time, sports. I like I was thinking about getting one and. But they only had 11 cars at the time. I was like, if this doesn't work, you know, then I'm stuck with a 602 motor. And that was before, like, 602 Sportsman's got popular, so. Yeah, and now they're everywhere. Yes. You know, they, they I think I think in the future, time. pretty much every track is going to have a 602 Sportsman. Yeah, I think, I think the open Sportsman division is... Uh, unfortunately, on the downcline of things, uh, and, you know, crates are now the affordable way to go racing. I mean, Deo had, shit, over 70 at Georgetown, over 70 at Sealands Grove. Yeah. And then you look at, what, two years ago, that Bear Ridge Speedway in Vermont had 10 grand to win, 602 race, Thunder Mountain, Center Lyle, New York had one for yep. 10 grand to win. Yep. Oh. So. Yeah, I mean they're they're starting to come around and you know they're getting more visibility and for guys that don't want to drop the money for a, an open motor or a big block at this point, that's your next best thing. And you can get a used a used chassis. You don't need a brand new car to compete right. with those things. Right, exactly. And I mean most times you don't even need fresh tires. Yeah, you, I mean if you're lucky you can hook up with a big car team, like a modified team, and maybe buy some buy some scuffs off them. Yeah, I know. I know quite a few sportsman guys that do that because they they never run first. They're never running on a heavy track. So right. So the feature time, you know, it's slicked off or it's rubbered up. They don't need, you know, they don't go. They don't get silly sideways to where they're really leaning on that right rear as much as people may think right. they are. And you figure. People running 602, they're either just moving up, you know, it's a, they're either just beginning or they're happy where they are. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that step up or it's like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of time. We call those guys the professional creators. <laughs> yeah. You know. But there's nothing wrong I mean, with that. It's like the 305 sprinters. You you got the kids getting into that. You know we're going to move up 
within a year or two. Right. It's a stepping stone. It get their feet wet. Oh, and then you got the guys that they're happy running it because they don't got to spend that money to go racing four tens. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that that's uh that's a good comparison um on that level. So, yeah. have you, um have you attended many races so far this year as a spectator? Um not as many as I usually do. You know, but uh, we're getting there. When were you? Yeah. When were you in Tennessee? Was that this year? or Was that late last year? Uh that was late last year, like beginning of December. You know, ended up going to Bulls Gap Speedway down there, well, Volunteer Speedway, mm-hmm. also known as Bulls Gap. And how was that? The banking at Grandview in the turns—that's what the banking on the straightaway there is. I've noticed that about a few of those tracks in that that Tennessee, uh, South Carolina area. There's yes, the bankings are insane. Like after the races, I went out walked the track, and walking in the turns actually hurt your ankles. Oh wow, that's how steep it was. And then the next day we went to uh, Tazewell Speedway. They weren't running. I just wanted to see that place and. That was even more banking than Bulls Gap. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, and it, and they're tight too, right? Yes, because they. I oh. think I think it was Taswell. They um, they almost couldn't do their four wide salute on the front stretch. No, I know they can't do it in turns. You know, the guy who carries so much speed actually to to do it. And what size are those tracks? Are those? I would say they're like a third mile. Yeah, so they're they're tight and they're not super super big either. Right. I mean, Tazewell is about. I would say. It's almost like a looks like a Williams Grove. It's like a paperclip. Mm-hmm. You know, but insane banking. You know, I mean, they do. I mean, it's considered the fastest third mile in the, in the country, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a point there. I mean, the only uh, thing I could think close to that would almost be like a Woodhull, but I think Woodhull is even more of a paperclip. I would say that's the best comparison to Tazewell, but add a lot more banking. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. I mean, Tazewell, it, the turns look like a wall. It's like, holy hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- those tracks down south. I mean, and for the most part, they're ninety percent of what runs on there are late models, whether it's crates or supers or or what have you. And the design of those tracks are insane. I mean. Yeah. I mean, uh, like when we were down there at uh, Bulls Gap, there was. Super late models, they had limited late models and 602 late models. I mean, but down there also, you got like the UMP mods that they're big down there too. So, right. Didn't they have those, uh, those like mini late models? Yeah, I was checking those out. I've, and watching them, I'm like, man, I, I, I could picture running like a, 600 modified there i'm like 
man, that place will be badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't they? Someone locally around here tried running those little late models too, didn't they? Didn't? Was it? Uh, they they still are working on it. I mean, last time I talked to the guy that runs that series, he said there's like 18 cars in the area. But when they go to tracks, like seven will show up at this track next. If they can't get all 18 at one time. Yeah, that's um, the hard part. Yes. Yeah, they'd be um, they'd be neat to see run you know a place like Olinda's. I think that's kind of the the perfect size for them. Almost you know 600 mods. I I think Linda's is a great place for those guys to run. That's why they do a lot. Right. Uh, yeah, these little late models. I are they basically a 600 mod with a late with a late model body on it? Actually, the motor is. Like, in the 600 mod, the motor is on your left side. Okay. In the late model, they're on the right side. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's got to But it's pretty much the same concept. Right. You know, like, setup-wise and all that, so. Interesting. So, what, um, what is it about the, the micros and the 600 mods that keeps you sticking with those and not jumping into a different division? Um, other than, to be honest other with you, the, the, the 600 mods are probably the best bang for your buck, actually. You know, believe it or not, I mean, it's, everything is spec. You know, we can only run certain tires. Uh, there's wheel size rules. There's shocks. Every, the motor has to be spec stock you know i mean so that cuts down a lot of money that you're going to be spending like a micro you know you got different wheel sizes uh different tire compounds right. you know the shocks are there's people running micros that have a thousand dollar shock on the left left rear you know mm-hmm. so we're now- now, when you say all these, you know, things are stock, is that just per the Excel tour or the Excel series? Or that's anything that, that runs like Linda Speedway, like we're a weekly division there, pretty much. Okay. They go by Excel rules, so you know they follow the rules just like if I'm running a tour, so. Well, because I, I know that there's a bunch that run up in New York, too. That I don't yes, know um, I wonder if they adapt to the same rule package that Excel does, or is it different up there? It might be a little different up there. Like, down here, we run on Hoosier tires. Up there, they're on American Racers. Okay. So if I want to go up, I got to mount some American Racers on, and I can go racing with them, pretty much. Um, the thing up there, like, you got Pencan, Thumbnail Point runs them, and Thunder Mountain. Those are those guys can run two nights a week and travel forty-five minutes to each track, whatever. You know, so it's not a lot of traveling. But the tour, like down here, like we go to Bridgeport this week, like Randy, then right Linda's, um, you know, Lincoln, Susquehanna. Uh, we're still selling at trailways that got rained out, so there's a little bit of travel involved, but 
I think running different tracks makes you a better driver. Right. So the other year, um, Tulsa Shootout invited the 600 mods. Were you running at that point? Yes. Actually, we were planning on going last year. Then uh, the COVID came around, and we didn't know if they were going to have it or not, so we just scratched it. Um, we did, said, they, eh. did they end up bringing out that division or no? What's that again? Did they end up bringing 600 mods to Tulsa or no? Yeah, the, well, the promoter Emmett Hahn down there, I think his son has a similar car to 600 mods, and they, I mean, they pretty much go by the same rules mm-hmm. as we do, you know, but it's a different chassis. Body's a little different, but other than that, it's the same car. So we can go down there and run, you know. Actually, I was just talking to the car owners about that, if they want to go or not, you know, go down this year. So. Yeah, I mean, I think just to be able to say your race there, period, is yeah. you know, part of the experience kind of thing. Right. But, uh, you know, I think when they did that the other year, they got quite a few cars showed up, too. Yeah, the first year that they did it, I know there were a good maybe eight guys from the East Coast went down. Last year, I think there was only one. So, But like I said, last year, no one really knew what was going on because of what was going on in the world. So, Right. So you said you still have your micro sprint. Any chance of you bringing that back out at any point? Or I'd, I would love to, but if I do it, I want to do it 100%. Not just come um, out and toy with it once or twice. Yeah, I, I don't want to go out there and be a field filler or a tire tester. I won't, no. Yeah, because I think so. one of the last times you may have ran that car was at Lanco. No, it did not end up in the fence. No, no. <laughs> no. It was uh, Lanco for the Labor Day shootout the other year. Yes. And it didn't look like you were either something mechanically was going on or something else was going on because you were kind of just running around the back, just kind of putting around. Well, that was that the day show, yeah, or the night show. That was the day show. Yeah, we. I was out to lunch that day with setups, and I was behind the eight ball that day. And, you know, but I made day main, so that's all that matters. Then, then I got left for a flat, and I was done. So. That was the uh, that was the day where Billy came into the grandstands. We gave him a, an adult beverage, and then uh, security yelled at him because he had a pit bracelet. Oh yeah, I was I was wondering where he was. I'm like, where's my pit help? <laughs> well, that could explain it if Josh Billy's your pit help. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a good thing that he <laughs> got in trouble. <laughs> That's not a great combination. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah. no, I, 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 I was ran decent at Lanco, whether it was in a 600 mod or a micro. Um, I haven't but, seen 600 mods at Lanco. That, I think, would be a fun show, actually. Oh, yeah. That, that place is really fun. But, uh, it, it, last time we ran there, there was a fire and set up to put out methanol fires, and we run regular pump gas, so. Right. So that pretty much put an end to us 
running there. Are, uh, do you know if the 600 mods are on the schedule for uh, Kutztown this year? Yes, we are at Kutztown during the fair. So That's going to be interesting. What do you think about the new configurations there? I, I think it's going to open up a whole different way of running that place. It's going to you're going to be able to run, pick different lines, enter the turn this way, come out that way, whatever. You know, I think it'll be good. You just got to use your head. You know, if if you're running down low, you got you got to keep a little room out there for the guys on the outside. And now, and now you've been around racing for quite some time now, and I know you're a one of the USAC enthusiasts. What do you think about the Wingless 360s running that new that new configured track? Actually, I think that'll be a good show. I think it yeah. would, so. A lot of the tracks in, in Indiana... They're all bull part, rings. They're all tight bull rings. They're not yeah. very big. They're quarter miles. Mm-hmm. You know, like Kokomo is actually a quarter mile dirt track, but it's 80 foot wide. So, you know, right. they can run up against a wall and it looks like it's a, a third of a mile. Right. And so, what I understand... The majority of the configurations at Kutztown was they widened the turns so much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do as far as like a hot pit setup um, or getting on and off the track. Because um, as far as from the pictures I've seen or the footage I've seen, it's still only going into the infield. Um, right. So I think that's going to come into play too. But um I I mean these guys aren't they're not all, you know, brain dead. They know how to run different size racetracks. Right. The one thing with with like Coachstown has that 410 wing show coming up. Oh, that's going to be insane. I I don't know where I'm going to stand to watch that race cuz <laughs> But um Bring your, the bring thing your with Kutztown is a guy could show up there with a 305 and run up front with him. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I've seen that at Path Valley maybe six years ago, eight years ago. Uh, Tyler Reeser running a 305 against the 410. He finished like sixth place. Yeah, I mean, in a place like that where it's, it's almost like when Grandview allows big blocks and small blocks, right? Yes. It's the same kind of thing. When does a big block have an advantage over a small block? Well, you know, right. the, the straightaways and everything else. But if there's not a whole lot of straightaway, what's what's the advantage? Well, there really ain't one. Right. So I'm thinking the same thing. Now, are they going to allow guys in 305s or 360s to race with a 410? I don't see why they wouldn't. It's going right. to help, help your car count. But yeah. it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see. But, like, again... Outlaws go to Kokomo. They go to Hobstadt. It's not yeah. like they don't run these smaller tracks. So I, I think it's just the thought of a, of a big car on a small track. And right. we don't see that around here. In I mean, like out in the Midwest, a lot of tracks are small bull rings. Right. You know, and out here, they're big horsepower tracks. Yes. You know, it, that, that's what Baloo was telling me, too. Um, we were kind of talking about when he came to run the wing sprint car last year and, you know, what differences he's seen. And he said, well, the majority of the tracks in Indiana are small. And out yeah. right here we have half miles and I'm not sure what the size of Lincoln is, but it's 
still a bigger track than what most of those are in Indiana. So it's it's a huge right. game. Yeah, and like Midwest tracks, they're super wide. There's, I mean, Kokomo. I think the narrowest part on Kokomo is sixty foot wide. So out here, sixty foot wide could be the entire track out here. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Look at the look at like three and four at Port, and that's what's that again? And I said, and look at like turns three and four at Port Royal. They're huge. Yeah, I and wouldn't say I wouldn't say I wouldn't bring up the Grove because they don't necessarily use the entire uh, <laughs> width of the track and the turns, but like Port, they use the extreme bottom and the extreme top. There's so oh, much yeah. room in between. Yes, I mean, like Williams Grove, it's a great track, but. The straightaways are so long. And then when you get in that turn where, like, turn one and two down there are super wide, but, you know, it's, you're drag racing down the straightaway. The entrance, the entry to get into the turn is not wide enough for them to use the entire track. I think you're right. I think you're right. If you look at, you know, if you sit on Beer Hill and you watch those guys get into turn three, now they're all fighting for the, most extreme part of the bottom of the racetrack every lap. Yeah. Right. That could be a very big point too, is just maybe the entry is not wide enough for them to utilize it the way that they want to. You know, that could right. be a that could be a huge thing too. Um, Plus, you know, it it's what it is, but um now I'm looking forward to seeing uh is wingless three sixties and the four ten wing cars at Good Sound. It's gonna be uh to say the least, it's going to be interesting, and no one's seen it before, so it's going to be fresh for everybody. Yeah, it, it's something new for everyone. So, yeah, and I, think I mean, even if you ran, do. even if you ran a micro or a speedster there, and say you're running a sprint car, I mean, yeah, you got laps around there, but the track's completely different, and you're in a complete different car. Yeah. So you know what think, I mean? Do you think? The speedsters and micros are going to put on better shows than they have in in years past. As now, you know, three and four was always banked. I think a lot more than one and two, but mm-hmm. now one and two is going to be banked more than it was previously. You think that's going to put on for better racing on a weekly basis? Um, I'm unsure about the micros. Okay, but uh, I think it'll make the speedsters better because they're going to have more room down the straightaways yet too yeah um, yeah yeah i mean, mean there's times where down the straightaways before it's pretty narrow for speedsters mm-hmm. so not now you open the track up a little bit more now they can run even more yeah i mean i think they're they're pretty wide uh at the rear end i mean i think i would say they're as wide as a 410 but they're close Right, they're they're not yeah. small by any means. So yeah, now now the straightaways are wider. I think. I mean, just look at I look at the speedster races at Bridgeport. You know, I I watch them at Kutztown. I'm not a huge fan on them, but right. the racing they put on at Bridgeport is has been good. Yeah, because there's so much room for them to race. Yeah, and they're up against the wall. They're you know, they're right. They're, you have a guy racing up in the attic, and you have a guy racing down in the basement. Yep, yep. You know, yep. so I think uh, I think we're going to be in for a good year. Could sound. I think we're going to see some uh, 
some good stuff this year. So um, as we wind this down and and uh, hit the road, um, let me ask, uh, do you think Orlando has anyone he wants to, to mention or thank? Uh, he probably wants to thank all the people that supported him and became friends with him. You know. But, I, think, uh, I think you need to get a Orlando Hornblower attorney at law decal for your 600 modifieds. I'm thinking maybe t-shirts too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, oh, you're onto something there. <laughs> Just make sure he gets his cut of the profits though. Oh yeah, he will. So he he said he's going to take a take a nice vacation here so Back to back to Mexico. I don't know where he said, but he he kept asking me about these pit lizards, and I was like, <laughs> he he's looking on the ground for a lizard. I'm like, no. <laughs> he, you know, he's like, oh, now I'm lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a story for another day, Orlando. We have yeah, to, uh, kind of explain that, but um. So now I'll ask you the same question. Anybody uh, you want to give special thanks to and uh, shout outs? Uh, the entire Horning family for giving me the opportunity to run for them. I mean, running for a car owner in a small car division is almost unheard of. So, I mean, I got to say thank you to them. You know, anything I want, they get it for me. You know, they pretty much let me do what I want to the car. So. Uh, and my sponsors, I got Lick Salvage and Trucking, uh, Snyder Web Design, Quigley Chevrolet, NRN Network, uh, High Side Hustle, Living Green, Supply and Landscaping. Uh, I'm probably missing one or two, but. <laughs> well, just remember that if you love the A, they'll love you back. Oh, yeah. I got. They, I'm. Can't believe I forgot the big A. <laughs> yeah, well, I th I think it's because he's usually in hiding a lot that people forget him. But yeah, you can't forget Joey Adams. Oh no, he's a good guy. Yeah, Joey uh, does fantastic work, and uh, he's full of entertainment. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, even though he tells me I'm always like, I got to schedule my lettering like two years ahead of time. <laughs> so, so. I don't think that's just him. I think that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's one of it's one of the thing I think all racers kind of wait till the last minute. All drivers and teams do. They wait till the last minute and hey, can you fit me in? Mm, yeah, yeah. to the back of the line, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but he always told me like it's twenty twenty one now. He'll tell me, well, you know, you're you're not gonna get this till like twenty twenty four. <laughs> hey, at least he thinks you're going to still have a ride in three years. I hope so. <laughs> at least he's optimistic in that regard. Yeah. Well, that's one way to look at it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I appreciate uh, you being on the on the podcast, and uh, I'm All sure right. I'll catch up with you sooner or later. All right. Thank you. No problem. Tell Orlando I said uh, I said my goodbyes, and I wish him the best luck and uh, have fun on his vacation. All right, I will. All right, mate, I'll catch up with you later. All right, take care. Thank you again. <laughs>